Welcome to the Niche Agency Podcast, where we delve into the journey of owners who have gone from saying yes to everyone in every project to thriving industry leaders and authorities. Here's your host, Ryan McGovern. Hello and welcome. For those of you who don't know me yet, I'm Ryan McGovern. I'm currently the Director of Sales and Marketing at SEO Brothers, white label SEO company. Prior to that, I've owned a few agencies of my own, two of which were big failures, one that I'm really proud of. I've sold millions of dollars in digital services and helped countless agencies with their personal growth. We're doing something a little different today, a new segment I'm calling Tool Time, where we learn from authorities in a given tool space and how they may be able to help your business, but also just chat marketing, chat the space. Join with me today is our guest, Ilya Markov, Marketing Director of Toggle. Ilya, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Ryan. Thanks for having me on the show. Really happy to be with you and very excited to talk marketing and tools, of course. Of course. I will admit I was a little surprised when I got your email, but I'm very happy to have you. Wonderful authority, of course. So happy to have you on. I guess my first question for you, Ilya, is about Toggle itself, naturally. And we can get into the nuts and bolts if you'd like, or we can stick to more conversational marketing topics. But Toggle, in a nutshell, I've used it before. I used it at my old agency where we had four employees. Great tool. It was very affordable for us. Can you tell me what the unique value propositions of Toggle are as compared to ClickUp? I mean, I could probably think of a dozen other. A few other. (laughs) Yeah, Hubstaff, TimeCamp, etc. Yeah, for sure. So just going a little bit into the history, I mean, Toggle has been around for a while. And actually, it started out as an agency. And that agency just solved their own pain, popular thing in the startup world. And then created their own time tracking tool. And when we had the last big recession in 2008, the agency itself, the client work was struggling. And that's when they decided to go into product direction, selling a product, building a product. And they never really looked back. One of the early, just like an interesting tidbit, one of the early decisions, which I think worked really well for the company as well, was to commit fully to a remote, like a remote first company, building a remote first company. Yeah. And this was before it was cool. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. To a large degree, it was out of a necessity because the company was started in Estonia. It's a small Baltic country. And like the founders realized early on that it would be very hard to compete and find, not that there aren't great people and super smart people in Estonia. It's just, it's very competitive because there are quite a few actually big tech companies who come out of Estonia, Skype probably being the most popular one or like the earliest one. Interesting. Anyways, that was a bit of a distraction. So early on, they were like, they knew they needed to do something, open up to hire globally in order to get the best talent. And it's actually worked out pretty well for the company. And for me personally, it's, you know, I've been lucky to be part of a few remote companies, some really good and popular brands, but Togo is by far the most diverse team I've been on. When were you introduced to Togo? A very long time ago. Interestingly, my first exposure and my first stint in time tracking market was for another time tracking company, which you mentioned a few minutes ago. It's called Hubstaff, also good company. But I know Togo from that time. And, you know, at that time, Togo was like the competitor we were all looking up to. And now I'm like really lucky to count myself as part of the Togo team. 
Anyways, to get back to your question, I realized I went on a bit on a no. Feel free to here. tangent. Feel free to tangent. Yeah. But yeah, Togo started, and that's like the reason why I made the long introduction. It started as a time tracking tool, but over the years, it's really evolved in more of a productivity and nowadays even more so a tool for what we call knowledge service businesses, because that's the main audience that we focus on and that we cater to and that we want to help. And for me, getting on these podcasts is not just, uh, you know, an opportunity to represent a brand and like connect with, with more people, but actually to learn from people like you, from the community as a whole. It's a great chance to hear back from people, to hear what the challenges are, how they're solving them, and just to learn because for us, that's super valuable and helps us improve the product for our target audience. Of course. I mean, to that extent, I do have one for you. I think people that have known about Toggle for a really long time might think of it as it used to be. It's not just a time tracking tool. I used to use it purely for that. And I don't remember the plans that were available, but I remember only paying a small fee and just using it to track billable hours and showing that to my clients and being able to say, here you go. What is it today? Can you go in depth a little bit as to like, yeah, what's the offering today? Sure. Well, for one thing, it's now a multi-product brand and company. It's a little bit hard to explain because we have three products and two teams. (laughs) So we have one team, which is working on the two main products, track the time tracking tool and plan, which is a capacity and utilization management tool. And we have Toggle Hire, which operates under a different team. And it's like focused at helping companies of all sizes to find and hire the best talent in the world. Okay. But just to focus a bit more on what I own and what I'm responsible for, I mentioned Track and Plan, the two different tools. Our goal here is really to help service businesses to manage what they're essentially selling at the end of the day. Because yes, you're selling your knowledge. But unless you found a way to productize it completely, and in that case, you're probably not a service company, you're a product company, that knowledge is always applied. It has what I call a vector, and that vector is time. So that is, at the end of the day, time is the resource that you're working with because you have that knowledge applied towards a specific client, their needs, and the way to measure that is that vector that I mentioned, i.e. time. So we really help people to understand and to manage this super valuable resource in a better way. First, by tracking it, understanding where it goes. And in all honesty, probably over 90% of our customers and the people we talk to, they say the exact same thing you just told me a minute ago. They come and they're like, I want to make sure that a time I spent working for a client ends up on their invoice. No more, no less. I want this accuracy. That's what they come with. Interestingly, over time, we see that many develop a real appetite for time tracking. And they started to see this. It's almost, in my mind, it looks like a staircase. You jump on the first step and it's billing and invoicing. And then there's a few steps that you go up and like you see at each step, you see more and more benefit to using your data. on top of each other, yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And for me, the... Two key steps to get there. The first one, just want to pause a little bit and actually go down and go to the basis of the staircase, what I call like step zero. 
is this idea of using time tracking as a surveillance mechanism. Can I interject for one second? Absolutely. So there's two, well, arguably, there's two big types of time tracking. There's time tracking for billable hours for clients and there's internal time tracking. So when you're saying time tracking, are we being specific about billable hours for clients? Honestly, it can be both. And we see, it's interesting that you mentioned it because we have, like, this is exactly how our audience breaks as well. Like we have the service company, typically an agency or a consultancy, although we have many who wouldn't call themselves an agency or a consultancy, but they're still doing knowledge work and selling it as a service. Okay. So using their, having their teams. Exactly. And using time and seeing how long it takes to complete deliverables, et cetera. Yeah. And like billable rates, putting it on an invoice, billing and invoicing. Exactly. Yeah. That was most helpful for me, at least to speak to my experience. I used to sell a lot of buckets of hours. So 20 hours for $4,000 or whatever you want to call it. That's a gigantic made up number. But yeah, being able to say, hey, client, this week I spent 5.75 hours on your bucket. Here you go. And now your balance is X amount. So yeah, sorry, please continue, Ilya. Sure. Very often, it is like I realize very few agencies nowadays are selling, billing by the hour or selling as you said, a bucket of hours or any of that. We more and more we see like retainers or project based or per project. Yeah, everything's MRR these days. Yeah. And if I got a dollar for every time I hear, oh, I don't need time tracking because we sell by the project, I'll probably have a few dollars. Like, at least a few dollars. Me. In. I w- I, yeah, I would counter that and say, well, do you know how much your projects are costing you? <laughs> or how would you if you don't know how long they're taking? Yeah. And that's exactly the appetite I mentioned because we see people like, you know, first step, as I said, is, oh, I want to make sure that everything ends up on an invoice. And then we hear like people who have been using time tracking for a while. They're like, okay, I don't understand why. Like we have clients, they look great. They're paying us a good amount of money, but we're still struggling. Why is that? And this, at this point, they started to like get into that second step of the staircase and started to do a bit of profitability analysis. So they started to look by project or they started to look by client. In this case, it really helps if you have context to go with your time tracking data. So who is this specific amount of time done for? Which client? What project? And so on and so on. Like we have different ways to contextualize your time tracking data. And we often see that as a result of this, in some cases, you see people firing clients even because they realize that what looks like a great client on the surface On the surface, exactly. It actually takes a lot to service. And in many cases, you also have this big disconnect between when you close the sale, what you promised then to get the business and actually delivering the business. Plus, you have something that I'm sure is very familiar to everyone who's ever done work for an agency or run an agency. You have the problems of like scope, scope like creep and yeah, scope creep, oh scope explosions and so on. <laughs> yeah, and this yeah. is where having this kind of data Producing this kind of data along with the relevant context really helps you to understand where you stand and figure out what you need to do. Yeah. And like do with that information what you will, but like it at least empowers you to make decisions. You know, exactly. And if it's at a point where you need to go and have a conversation with a client and say, Well, listen, we either need to raise your price or we cannot work with you anymore. 
now you have something to back yourself up with. Exactly. Uh, you have the data, you can show exactly what it takes to... And like, I have so many anecdotal stories as well from that. Like people who like, they realize that the five minute calls that a client calling you five times a day for five minutes actually takes a very long time along with switching costs and all of that. So just the clarity you get from having the data helps a lot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Going back to like letting people go, I think that's a great topic. And it's not something that we touch on a lot, but letting people go is important. Especially if you're doing well, only if you're doing well in most circumstances, should you let people go. But it's interesting. We've had circumstances where we thought that a client who was paying us seven to $8,000, I, I don't remember the exact figure a month, we're actually hemorrhaging money on them because after we started tracking time to individual conversations we were having with that person, meaning I responded to a very lengthy email twice in one day. I got on a half hour call with that person three times per week and that we were actually hemorrhaging, as I said. So yeah, yeah. yeah, that can be very helpful in that way. But, and like you said, it gives you that ammunition to go to that person and be like, Hey, I love you. I want to continue to working with you, but it's not profitable for me, but I think we can make it, you know, that realization and that transparency, did it come solely from time talking? Was there anything else that kind of prompted you to look into it or anything else that helped along the way? I'm curious to learn. Yeah, it was a gut feeling at first of like, wow, it seems like this is taking up quite a bit of time. But all we were focused on at the leadership level was the MRR that was coming in. Like, oh, cool, seven and a half grand. Yes, of course, please go do whatever you need to do for that agency. If they need you to go above and beyond, go above and beyond. But we were going so far above and beyond that it actually became harmful. Yeah, and it's, I understand, I've worked for an agency, I've run my own small content marketing agency as well. I understand like the idea of firing a client, you know, it might look just madness. Pure yeah, madness. It's scary. Exactly. It's super scary, I know. But at the same time, think about it this way. Like you might have three clients, for example, and like one of them is really essentially you're losing money on them because they're paying you something, but you're spending more of your resources work delivering the work. If you don't have to do that, you might be able to do a much better job for your remaining clients to a point where they actually want to expand their engagement with you and give you even more money and then exactly. you're actually a lot more profitable. Yeah. So you're doing not only doing a service to them, those clients that are missing your attention, but probably also your team, arguably. Your fulfillment is probably a little bit discouraged. So yeah, I'm really glad that you brought up that point, Ilya. For sure. And as I said, I've heard so many anecdotal stories and they even go beyond this idea of just like things that fly under the radar, such as, I'll oh, just respond to this email. It's going to take me five minutes. It really takes you like 40 minutes because you have to think, especially as you said, if it's like a long email, you really have to think about it. And like the short five minute calls three times a day, because I've heard that as well. And getting to the next step, you start to see even more interesting things because I've heard cases where just getting to the point where you, and as you mentioned, exactly helping the team, helping your own team. I've heard cases where looking at the data helped an agency owner or operator to realize that one of their most senior developers was working on just fixing bugs for a client. I recently also heard a story where someone who's amazing with JavaScript, for example, was really struggling to fix or fix right, bugs JavaScript. or even just 
<laughs> not JavaScript, but like CSS. Like they were amazing okay. with JavaScript. Okay. Yeah. Not so great with CSS. CSS was taking them like a huge amount of time. So in this case, it's really easy. Like you can hire someone part-time, outsource part of the work if it's like really easy to just give it independently to someone or even hire someone full-time. It can be someone junior or it can be an intern or like there's so many options. But just this, again, gives you the opportunity to kind of free up your most valuable resources and really also help them. And that's a point I always try to make when I talk to people about this idea of time tracking, because many people come to us and they say, it sounds like a great idea, but I don't know how to introduce it to my team. I don't know how to kind of have this conversation. So I always say, like, don't make it a black box. Just explain how you use it. No exceptions. Everyone is doing it. So everyone's on equal footing when it comes to time tracking. And then show them the benefit. Go back to them and have like these conversations where you're like, we notice that you're doing this all value work. We believe you'll be a lot more valuable doing the interesting, challenging work. You yeah. probably like it more. Exactly. So we just get someone to help with that. And in that case, adoption becomes a non-problem. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a big problem. And I'm going to throw a scenario at you and see what your two cents are. But anyway, a big problem that I've seen in the past or that I've had at my old agencies are people kind of fibbing their time tracking. And like you, of course, this opens up a whole can of worms about personal responsibility and like integrity, etc. But being able to say, I need to work seven or eight hours a day, I need to track seven or eight hours a day, but I don't have seven or eight hours of work. So I'm going to make something look like it's twice as long as it should be. That's a real problem, I feel for, I mean, I've experienced it. I know other agencies experience it all the time. But our solution was, or my solution was to just come back to those team members and say, like, this is not meant time tracking I'm talking about is not meant to just identify outliers that are not performing well so we can fire them. This is meant to identify outstanding performers so that we can reward them. So if person A has the same task as person B and person A completes that task twice as fast, and is twice as efficient, I am, of course, more inclined to reward person A. So that, I guess, time fibbing, <laughs> lying on your timesheet as a whole. What are your thoughts? There's a reason why I mentioned I started with like the ground level, the step zero, which is don't try to use time tracking as a surveillance mechanism. Yeah. And I sure. know we actually, like, it's part of the core of the brand. We have something that we call the anti-surveillance statement, which is oh. really central to what Togo is. Okay. And it makes it very easy for us. I know the sales team, for example, they love it because when someone comes to us and they ask for, like, something to monitor their team, it's very easy for us to say, you'll never find Togo a good fit for that. It's just better if you go and look at alternative solutions for this, because Togo is not a good fit for this. It's with actually, it's really easy with the software to fibble on your typesheet, as you said. Like it, we make it, it's very hard to, there's no way to kind of track any of the, we don't do any screenshots or any of that things, but we, it's even easy to add time manually or do whatever you want with. Yeah, exactly. Data. Any tool that you can add time manually on. It's just our be- our philosophy is that we want users to be always to be in control of their data. Like what data they, even if it's collected automatically, what data is shared with their 
manager, the admin of their organization. Or middle management or even like lower or team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. In, in that sense, and the reason why we have such a strong state position on the idea of surveillance is because we are absolutely convinced that it just doesn't work. Surveillance doesn't work and it doesn't scale. No. Because uh, if, you, if you distill it to the core of the idea, you just arrive at the realization that you need to hire one police person for each employee that you have, uh, <laughs> which is impossible, right? You you can never have yeah. one person to oversee. No, no. I think with nine people, we had one person who like, mm, they would spend maybe five or six hours a week on it of just doing that. Like, mm, <laughs> I'm not proud of it, but it was surveillance. It was, hey, let's make sure that the team is actually doing what they're assigned to do. Which that's what goes into it again. That opens up a huge can of worms of integrity and like business culture and how you want your culture to feel, etc. But anyway, I digress. Honestly, I think it comes down to just how you approach the whole topic and the idea. If you start from a position of like, this I want to make sure much, you're working enough. Yeah, this is how much you need to put into it. Yeah, yeah, it's one thing. But if you if you start from a position of let's understand what it takes to deliver this work and what it takes for us to be profitable and okay, maybe first financially viable and then even profitable. I think this you tend to realize that maybe eight hours is not even like eight hours of actual focused work delivering for clients is not even realistic. We we see oh, this. Oh my gosh. I'm sure you're familiar with this distinction between billable and non-billable time. Yeah, of course you've got admin time and yeah. things like that. And you know, you have to be able to go to the bathroom and make a sandwich. Exactly. And, like, yeah. Have a cup of coffee and maybe yeah. Yeah. discuss the football game with your co-workers. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all of yeah, that. Water cooler maybe talk. even yeah. maybe even train your employees from time to time and you know, give them like some additional training or some of that. Sure, yeah. So that happens as well. So it's that's why I'm going back to this idea of always of like not just using the data that you're generating for managing, for billing and invoicing, but at the end of the day, also using it to learn what it takes to deliver the work. We have interesting cases where, again, going back to that thing I mentioned about contextualizing the data, I've heard of cases where a big organization, a big agency, they are using timesheets as the time tracking method. But because they lack context, that context I've been talking about, it's hard for them and doing like repeatable work that looks similar, maybe like building websites or writing blog posts or whatever. And you know, it's kind of the same. It's a repeatable, like a 1500 word blog post kind of takes you the same time, the same resources. Sure, there's some variability, but at the end of the day, there is, there's an average. But if you like the context around how long it took you in previous cases, it makes it very hard to give an accurate estimation and an accurate offer when a new client yeah. requests it. Yeah, how do you know what to sell it for? And exactly. you've mentioned empowering people with data. Like I just want to echo that again once more. Empowering owners and decision makers with data such as that is a wonderful thing. So not only can you say, okay, I know how much to charge for this, but... I know how much to charge for two of these and four of these and six of these, give or take, margin of error, let's say. And the idea there is you are confident in what you're quoting. And by confident, I mean, if you win it, you know it will be fine. You'll be able to deliver the work on time and you know on scope. 
and also have some profit left. And if you don't win it, if you lose it, at least you know you're still fine because you didn't kind of offer too low. And like at this point, you, you're likely to even lose some money on the project. So it gives you this confidence based on data and like real numbers. Yeah, yeah. Earlier, Ilya, you mentioned not just serving agencies. I'm curious, who else could you serve? I think you kind of mentioned like internal time tracking that we have a fair segment of what we call internal teams, some within some really big companies, like very household names. Sure, without saying names, like, yeah. Yeah, okay. You can probably see some of them on our website because we have logos like most SaaS companies, but uh, booking.com comes to mind. Uber as well. Good for SaaS, let's say. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like really good logos to have, of course. And we see with them that very often they they almost serve like an internal agency within the larger corporation. So I think we have in, in some of these, we have a case where the support team which is supporting multiple business units or country chapters of the company or however they, they split it. Just understanding, in some cases, it's just understanding where the time is spent so they can like figure it out and see if something needs to be fixed. In other cases, we also have the issue of like just by how these corporations work because they're huge, you know, they work across borders, multiple countries. Sometimes actually these team or this internal agency, they need to get paid somehow. And the way to do that is by invoicing other parts of the corporation, like uh, the local chapter in Germany or the US. Yeah, this, <laughs> the numbers are going to be higher than your typical agency who took five hours to build a landing page. But yeah. 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 <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's very similar. It's still knowledge work. It still takes the form of a service. As I said, like if you have a support team or if you have, I think we've had a case where it was like a translations team serving different parts of the organization, different countries. I think regardless of industry, regardless of market, you can distill it down to empowering decision makers with data. Yes. Would you agree? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And also kind of showing the proof well, like uh, the showing the work that your team has done. I will say that was one of the things that I really liked about it. And we use ClickUp now at SEO Brothers and we absolutely love it. But it, there are significant differences. I couldn't, you know, send a invoice with billable hours from ClickUp, for example, whereas it was very easy for me to just use the Chrome extension with Toggle and send billable hours X amount, write a little note in there of exactly what I did. And that was great. It was just me and a handful of other people and some contractors, but yeah. Yeah. And we actually, out one of our focus areas and one of our ambitions is to make it extremely easy to generate this data, to track time, to contextualize it, to use it, to have it in like work with your existing tech stack. So if you're using ClickUp or if you're using Jira or Salesforce or something else, just having that toggle button, the on and off button to track time within what you're already familiar and comfortable with. So we have integrations with ClickUp. We have we have some native integrations and we also have a, a browser plugin which allows you to quickly kind of start tracking from whatever you're using. Yeah, I use the, the Chrome extension. <laughs> it was just, it's very easy. So yeah, not only is it appropriate, let's say, for a one-man band, single-person operation, man or woman, but also like <laughs> these big, big, big names, like you just mentioned. So yeah, interesting, interesting. 
this is, I've gotten a lot out of this, and I, and I want to really thank you, Ilya. This has been great. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I have to be honest, I wasn't sure exactly how this would go, but holy crap, super productive, super amazing. I think lots thank of you. great insight for our listeners. So thank, thank you. you so much. And I hope the listeners find it useful as well. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything that you want to say to them or like, can they get in contact with you or is there anything you want to say about Toggle? Yeah, absolutely. I would say the easiest way to connect with me is to find me on LinkedIn and shoot me a message or, yep. or whatever works. Ilya Markov, M-A-R-K-O-V. He's the first result on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Well, glad to hear that. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and if people are interested to explore time tracking and to play with Togo and to see what uh, the product can do for them, first of all, we have a free trial, which is really easy to start. You just need to register. We don't ask for a credit card details or any of that, which lasts for a month. So gives you enough time to explore and to kind of play with all the features that we have. And for Neast Agency listeners who understand we have a little special offer, is that correct? Yes, absolutely. If people like what they see and want to take it beyond the free trial, we have a special offer for listeners of the podcast, which is 20% off on any of plans for new customers with the code NISHT, N-I-C-H-E-D. Wonderful. That's huge, guys. I mean, really, if it's something you've been considering thinking about, this is probably your sign. So... Get in touch. Remember, use that code NICHED, N-I-C-H-E-D. So again, thank you, Ilya. You're a wealth of knowledge. I'm really glad that we had a great conversation. Thank you again. Thank you, Ryan. You're super kind. Thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers.